there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. This is episode 21, and I am recording, and I will post this on January 1 of 2021. Happy New Year to everyone. It is always so exciting to start a new year. It is one of my favorite times of year. I know a lot of people get emotional and sad, and um, in their reflective time of the new year, it, it brings them down, but something about it just lights a fire for me. I don't know, the fireworks and the sparkle and the excitement, I just love the start of a new year. And especially this year, 2020 was just, oh, so many words for 2020, but the big one for 2021 is change and new and excitement. And so happy new year. And thanks for joining me. Today, I want to talk about how I like to start a new year. It is a great time for reflection, especially if you could do that in a way that is positive, or at least neutral in thinking and, and doesn't get you too negative. And I also like to think about what I want to do differently in this next year. So uh, as I was kind of jotting down notes and thinking about what I wanted to talk about, I realized that I had a a little acronym for what I do at the beginning of the year. And I've been doing this for years. I I never really put put it together on paper like this before. But um, the the letters are R-I-S-E or RISE. So first R is reflect. Then the I is imagine. The S is set goals. And then the E is execute for executing a plan. So I'm going to talk about why I do this, but then I'll break down and unpack each of those letters um, in just a little bit. So first I would say this is an activity that costs exactly zero dollars. It's totally free. Um, You could, if you wanted to, buy a planner or a journal or notebook. There are different apps that do this. There are online courses to walk you through this. You don't really need any of that. This is something you can do in the notes section of your phone. You could just grab a piece of paper. I guess I prefer to do this in a notebook or a planner or some type of, you know, actual paper that is bound so that I can look at it throughout the year and that I can look at it at the end of the year. But you really can do it kind of in any medium that that you have accessible. So you don't have to buy anything fancy to do this. Um, why do I do this? Because life goes by so quickly. Time flies. And 
depending on your age, you either already get this or if you're a lot younger than me, so I'm 43, um, I did not fully appreciate this when I was in my teens or my 20s. It definitely started to become more real in my 30s and even more relevant in my 40s. My grandmother, Nana, had a joke that she used to say every year and and typically around New Year's, she would say it even more. And she would say, life is like a roll of toilet paper. Early in life, the each kind of time around the roll takes a really long time, right? So the outside of a roll of toilet paper is really large. So she would say, life is like a roll of toilet paper. When you're young, each year goes by so slow. But the older and older you get, the closer you get to the center of a roll of toilet paper and the years go by faster and faster and faster. And I used to laugh and be like, Nana, that's so silly. Why are you comparing life to toilet paper? Especially after just living through the toilet paper shortage of 2020, it's even funnier to think about life like a roll of toilet paper. But as I've aged, I've realized how true it is. It, when I was a kid, years were forever. They went so slow. Like, when will I turn the next age? Now, every year, I'm like, how is it the end of the year already? How is it the start of a new year already? So time goes by fast, and it really does feel like it's faster every year. And so if you don't spend some time reflecting and goal setting, it, you basically just, in my opinion, coast through life. It, it just kind of passes you by. And you could wake up one day and be like, how did I get here? If, if you're not being intentional and strategic and planning some things out, you don't have the ability to create opportunities and create a path. It, you're just kind of on a path. And so... I like to spend some time being intentional and and looking back at what I did and thinking about what I want to do so that I have some sense of control over the path that I'm taking. Of course, control is only kind of you know within our our emotions and how we choose to respond to things. We really don't have control over where we're going, but um, we have the sense of control, which I like. Uh, The one last thing I would mention is um, as I do these activities, I often try to think about whether or not there is a word or a couple of words that capture where I'm trying to go. And as I was looking back through last year's uh, goal setting activity, um, my word for 2020 was intentional. And I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before. Um, and I feel like I did a good job of um, really embracing that word. I was intentional about lots of decisions that I made and how I spent my time and how I focused my energy. And I've spent a lot of time over the last two weeks thinking about my word for 2021. and. I feel like it just kept coming to me in different places. I would hear it in a podcast. I would see it in a book that I was reading. Um, I would see it. Somebody else would post something on social media and that word would be there again. And so my word for 2021 is choice. And it's because we all have a choice. We choose how our day is going to go. We choose how we feel 
about how our day is going to go. We choose what we eat. We choose how we spend our time. We all have a lot of choices that we have to make all throughout the day. And so my word of the year is choice, because I think we have a lot of change coming in 2021. I mean, every year has a lot of change, but this year in particular, there's a lot coming down the road that is out of our control, very much out of our control. And we each have to make a choice how we're going to respond to those changes. Are we going to embrace them? Are we going to fight them? And how are we going to let those changes affect our mood and our energy levels and our choices about how we spend our time? And so my word of the year is choice. If you've never done a word of the year, I encourage you to think about it and see if a word comes to you. If it doesn't come to you, don't force it. But I have found it helpful to remind myself of what the word is throughout the year and pay attention to it. So today we are going to talk about this activity that I do at the start of the year. Reflect, imagine, set goals, and execute. All right, the first thing that I do is reflect. And this is something that I've been doing probably for the last three or four days um, as I am, you know, just recording this and releasing this at the start of the new year. It, it doesn't mean it's too late. You can start this activity now or in a couple days or whenever you listen to it. It's not like it had to be done at the end of 2020 and, and you missed your chance. It can be done at any point. The idea here is to really think about the year that just passed and kind of go through what what you did throughout the year. And there are different ways that you could do this. Um, There is an approach called a calendar audit. And this is something that I have heard John Maxwell and Rachel Hollis and Brendan Burchard talk about. Uh, Rachel Hollis actually just did a podcast on this last week. Um, Her, I don't know, December 28th or so episode is about how to do a calendar audit. So what the way it works, you would open up your paper calendar, your Google calendar or, you know, whatever um, calendar medium you use and go through it day by day and look at what you did. Now, I personally don't quite do it that way. I glance at the calendar, but I don't go into the same level of detail. And there's a there's a primary reason for that. I use my calendar very much for work and for scheduling appointments like with the doctor or the kids orthodontist or the dentist. I don't really use my calendar, my digital calendar, for keeping track of all of the fun things that we do. Sometimes they're on there, you know, kids sporting events are on there. And, you know, back in the old days when we would have tickets to an event, you know, to a concert or a show, that would be on there. But I never put on there, we went to the pool today 
or we had a date night, or we went and had dinner with a friend, or we had um, driveway happy hour. None of that makes it to my digital calendar. And so I was very intentional as I did my reflection this year that I was not going to look through the calendar at that level of detail because the idea of the calendar audit is that you go through and you actually write down, you know, I spent this many hours a day or a week on these work things that were really fruitful and this many hours that were wasting time at work and then, you know, this many hours on my family or doing things for my personal development or doing things for fun and joy. And I just know that if I do that with my current calendar, I am going to be overwhelmed with the amount of time that I spent on work and have a really hard time reflecting on what I did personally and in my family life. And so for me, I glance at the calendar just to get a sense for kind of what I did throughout the year, but I do not go through the full calendar audit. I think this next year, I am going to be more intentional about putting the fun things on the calendar after they happen so that I could do an audit next year because I like the idea of doing that. I just, for me personally, I did not track the fun, joyful parts. And so uh, I know that I will be disappointed if I try to do the audit. So I'm just not doing it this year, but maybe next year. But the calendar audit is one strategy. My strategy, I glance at the calendar, as I said, and then I look through my digital footprint in other media. So I, I looked through some text conversations. Um, who have I been texting? I look through Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, Instagram is probably my best medium for just looking at the, the relaxing times, the fun times, the kind of social things that I did. I often would post, you know, when my daughter and I baked something interesting or what book I read. Actually, that was how I went through to see what books I had read throughout the year and um, Instagram. I was able to see pictures of all the books I had read because I often take a picture of the book that I'm reading. So however you can go through and reflect on your year and and just kind of think through and you could make lists or it just could be a mental list. What were the highs and lows of the previous year? What were the successes? What were the failures? What worked? What didn't work? If you made goals last year, review them. How did you do? Did you achieve some of what you had hoped? Where did you miss the mark? And think about why you might have missed the mark. Maybe it became not as important. I reviewed my goals and I actually shared them with my sister-in-law. And I was like, yep, 2020 was my fault. I manifested much of what happened in my goal setting that I did on January 2nd of 2020. I had things like travel less in all caps, work from home more, at least two times per month, cook more, spend more time with my family, read more books, at least two per month. I actually didn't meet that. I made it to 20 books, not 24. So that's a goal I'm going to try to meet this year. Um, actually, this year I'm going to up the game. I'm going to make it three books a month because I would like to read more. But as I went through, there were several things I did um, 
I did a good job of, you know, getting 30 minutes of exercise almost every day. And I did a good job of learning how to use a Cricut. I made lots of shirts this year. I did not finish the draft of the book that I'm writing. I did not learn how to make sushi rolls, which was something that I wanted to learn. Um, so all in all, I mean, I probably achieved about half of them and got close on a few and a few I didn't even make any progress on. And that's normal. That That's a typical year. But that reflection really helped me think about this next year. You know, what did I start doing last year that I want to just keep keep on keeping on? What didn't work? And is there something that I could do differently to make it work? And what what was wonderful about the year? And even though 2020 was a dumpster fire for so many people, there were some positives. And I saw lots of that on social media over the last few days. As people reflect on the year, there are some nuggets of goodness and joy that came out of it. And those are the parts that I'm I'm trying to grab onto it and, and really focus on. So however you can go through your last year and reflect on kind of what worked for you and what didn't, that will prepare you for the next step of getting ready for the new year. The next thing that I do when I have completed reflection is imagine. I do some visualization exercises basically and really think about what do I want my life to look like this next year. Uh, Sometimes I even go further out. What do I want it to look like in five years or in 10 years? When I do this, I think about really small details like do I want to paint my bedroom or do I want to renovate my bathroom? Really small things to really big audacious ideas. You know, do I want to have new responsibilities in my job? Do I want to totally change our kind of dietary plan in the house? Do I want to you know, have a beach house or an RV or, I, you know, just think through big, audacious ideas. Um, I love to sit and think about what is my idea of a perfect day. And I go through a weekday, so a day that I'd be working. Like, what is a perfect work day? What does it look like? Um, I do that for a weekend day, just, you know, regular when you're home. What does your perfect weekend day look like? And a vacation day. So if you are off for a few days, what does a perfect vacation day look like? I feel like imagining those days can help to prioritize what is most important to you so that you can fit those things into your planning and your goal setting for this next year. I spend time thinking about who do I want to spend time with this next year? You know, often there are certain friends and family that we connect with and some that if you sit and really think about it, you wish that you had more time with those people. So I imagine and sit and think about like, who are those people that I want to spend more time with? Where do I want to go? If I could go anywhere local, so are there, you know, 
museums or um, parks or things, you know, in my local region that I want to go to more or travel, which 2020, we didn't get to travel very much. I'm hopeful that now that there are multiple vaccines out for COVID, that travel will become something that we get to choose to, to do later in 2021. If you do, imagine it. Where would you go? Where would you want to go? Do you want to go to the mountains? Do you want to go to the beach? Do you want to go to a city? Do you want to go to the country? Do you want to go to a lake? Where would you go? And then I also sit and imagine, what do I want to achieve? What would I love to be able to say I did this next year or five years from now? What would make me proud? And so I just go through and, and you know, think about and imagine what I would like things to look like. Sometimes I write some of them down because then it helps with the next step. Um, sometimes they're just in my mind. Um, I love doing this either with a warm beverage, just kind of, you know, sitting and staring off outside, you know, into the trees. Um, I have also done this in a, like, steamy hot bubble bath. Um, I have done this sitting by a fire. So there's lots of ways you can do this. So find a place that is comfortable and inspiring to you and just sit and imagine, you know, what what do you want your life to look like? The small details and the big things. And that will give you some of the material to go into the next step, which is setting goals. So this next step of setting goals is probably the one that I struggle with the most. And it's not because I can't come up with goals. I have a hard time focusing down to a smaller set. So I looked back, I had 17 goals last year. I achieved 13 of them, which I would say is pretty good. But I just have a lot. And I always have a lot. And I've been working on my goals for this year. And I don't quite have them done yet because I have too many things. So I typically will kind of just do a brainstorm and a brain dump and I write them all down. And then I kind of go back through my reflection and imagination exercises to see like, what are the priorities? What are the things that really are most important that I'm most likely to focus my time on? Um, I like this framework of SMART goals. So S-M-A-R-T. I had to look it up to see where this came from because I have heard so many different people talk about this and I've read about it in different books. It This idea originated, um, there are three authors, George Doran, Arthur Miller, and James Cunningham. They wrote an article about this in 1981. So SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable or achievable. I've seen both words used for the A. Realistic or relevant. Again, I've seen both words used for the R and timely. So specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. These are supposed to be kind of small goals that you can be very specific about. You can measure how well you are doing or not. It has to be something that you can actually achieve. 
that is the achievable and realistic, and then timely. It has to be something that you can get done in a reasonable amount of time and that is important in the time that you're living in. I find that I make some of my goals smart goals, but some of them just don't quite fit that, and I don't care. I don't worry about it. I, I like that framework, but for some things it doesn't work. The other thing that I sit and do is go through, where do I want my goals to focus? There are lots of areas. Personal, social, health and fitness, home, financial, spiritual, work goals, goals related to your friends and family. There are so many different areas of life that you could focus and set goals. So I try to have a few that are personal, a few that are work-related, and a few that are home-related. So related to my, you know, my house, my family, um, the kind of unit in which I live. I tend to make some of the goals big and some really small. And as I said, some are not as maybe measurable. So one of my goals last year was to um, drink lots of water. You can't really measure lots. I decided very intentionally to make that the goal because in past years, I would have the goal of drink at least X ounces of water a day and I never achieve it. And then I get mad at myself because I never achieve it. And so I decided, why am I making this something that makes me mad? The goal is to just drink more water. When given the choice between a different beverage and water, I should choose water. If I am having other beverages, I try to alternate between, you know, coffee and then a water, and then a cup of tea, and then a water. And if I'm gonna have another coffee, I have another water. Trying to drink more water. And so while it's not smart because it's not measurable, it's a good goal. I need to drink more water. Similarly, um, some of them are, are like big to get going, but then in the end it was a small thing. So one of mine was start my podcast. That was a goal and I achieved it, but it was like once I had achieved it, like done. It, it's not like an ongoing thing. Whereas the drinking the water, that's a, an everyday, all year, all day, every day goal. So some of them are really small things and some are really big things. Some repeat from year to year. I am certain that I will still have move my body for 30 minutes a day, drink lots of water, get seven to nine hours of sleep a night and eat foods that are nutritious and make me feel good. Like those have been goals for the last couple of years and those will remain on the list because they are just part of a healthy and well lifestyle. Some of the goals are, I don't know what I would call stretch goals. They're hard to reach. They are things that I may or may not be able to achieve and and that's okay. But having one or two of those, I think is a good thing. So um, reading at least three books per month, that's gonna be hard. I have a very busy job. I have, you know, two kids that I'm kind of getting through life with and, and helping with virtual school. So reading three books a month is gonna be hard, but I want, I want to try to do that. Um, finishing the draft of my book. That's another one. I've had that on my list for the last two years and 2021 has got to be the year. I think to push myself, I am actually going to submit a 
book proposal to a publisher because I don't currently have that. And so, and I purposely have not done that because I didn't want to have a deadline that I couldn't meet. Now I feel like I better get a deadline on this or I'm never going to finish the book. So it's one of my stretch goals for the year to finish the draft of this book. And I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Um, what changes could you make that would improve your life? Like, where are your pain points and can you set goals around changes? And maybe they're small habits, maybe they're big changes that would improve things. And then some of the goals, you have to break them down into multiple steps or make them sequential, smaller things, or it's overwhelming. And sometimes, you know, those small things that you just do in order really matters and can really allow you to achieve it. So um, a common one at this time of year is some sort of, you know, weight loss or, um, you know, fitness goal. And the, this is just a common thing that a lot of people do. If you say I'm going to, you know, lose X pounds and it's a really big number or I am going to, you know, run a marathon this year, that that's a great goal to have. But if you don't break it down into some smaller things, like if you don't currently run, you, you could have a goal to run a marathon, but that's so far out. How about instead, like I am going to run, you know, for five minutes, three times a week to get started, or I am going to start exercising five times a week and cut back on soda so that I can achieve that big weight loss goal. If you break it down into smaller things that you can achieve sooner, it will make it a much more positive experience for you rather than having this huge goal that you can't meet. And this is going to feed us into this last step, which is executing a plan. So when I'm doing the the goal setting part, this executing a plan, they, I kind of go back and forth between the two. And I kind of already said this, even in the, the context of me wanting to finish the draft of the book. Sometimes what you need to do is break the goals down into smaller things and come up with activities or milestones or something that makes the goal achievable. So for me, drafting... The, the finishing the first draft of this book is a goal. I know that just having that isn't working. So I either need to set a certain number of minutes per day that I'm going to write, a certain number of pages per week that I'm going to write, or put deadlines on it from an external source. And I, so I know this. These are the things that I'm doing to execute the plan for that goal. If you have a fitness goal, how can you execute that? Can you put in reminders in your calendar, in your phone? Can you set evaluation points that, you know, I need to do this by this date and or I need to do this many of this by this date? Um, one of the things that I like to do, especially for disparate goals or really big ones, is to set a goal for each month of the year or at least distribute it somewhat throughout the calendar. So maybe I have one for January and one for March and one for June. If you front load and say like in January, I have all these goals, I'm gonna do all these new things. It can be overwhelming. And that's why so many people kind of start the year strong, but by February, everything's over. Instead, what are you gonna start in January? Pick a thing. 
and that's your goal for January. And then have a different one for February. So you could keep doing the January thing and build if that makes sense. But don't front load it all in January because it January is hard. Uh, it's a hard month. It's at least if you live in the the northern half of the United States, it's cold. It's dark. I mean, we start getting more light, but man, it's so dark and it's cold. So the motivation just isn't there. It's so easy to want to curl up under a blanket on the couch and like turn on Netflix or grab a book. So getting outside to exercise or, you know, getting off the couch to do meal planning and meal prep, like these are just, they're hard. And so instead of trying to create something that'll be impossible, set some goals for January and then set some for February and set some for May, distribute it across the calendar. Uh, I think one other thing that you need to have in your plan is how you're going to deal with the the failure and prepare for the do-over. So it is absolutely expected. If your goal is to exercise seven days a week, it is very likely that at some point in January, if not February, you will not have time. You will not feel well, you will have a poor uh, pulled muscle or a sore muscle, um, you have a really busy work day, something will happen and then you miss it. And so often we beat ourselves up and we're like, ah, I, I had this goal, I said I was gonna do this thing and I didn't do it, see, forget it, just forget it. That's the wrong mindset. Just plan right now that you're gonna have to start over. You will have to seize the do-over and start again. Um, I know for myself, there are lots of days in 2020 that I intended to exercise and it just didn't happen. Or I intended to drink a lot of water and it just didn't happen. I intended to finish the draft of my book. It didn't happen. I'm not letting it get me down. I just, I have in my mind the plan for how to do it again or how to start again. And then the other thing that I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, I try to plan rewards because I am motivated by rewards. Either a kind of gift to myself, if there's something I want, something, you know, a, a bag, a pair of shoes, a, a trip somewhere. If there is some sort of thing that I really, really want, but I don't need, and I'm not sure I should have, that will be my reward. I haven't figured out what it is yet for finishing the draft of my book, other than, of course, the gratification of actually getting all these words out of my head and onto paper. But I am thinking about, like, what what could I reward myself with that would be that, that prize at the end of this kind of time that I'm putting in to achieve this thing? So come up with a plan. How can you make your goals achievable? Um, can you set up a morning and an evening routine? Uh, that just kind of puts some of those small things into habits. It's a lot easier to achieve things if they become habits because habits are things that we do um, unconsciously. At first, they're hard, but then they just become part of our daily routine and we just do them really without even thinking about it. So are there any of your goals that you could put into your morning routine or into an evening routine that would make it easier? The first you know, three to six weeks will be hard, but after that, it would be easier. And, you know, anything you can do in the planning that will make it possible for you to achieve your goals. That is the execute a plan phase. 
All right, friends, we have come to the end of episode 21, which I am recording on the first day of 2021. So fitting. Makes me happy. I hope that this goal-setting activity is helpful for you. I encourage you to try it if you haven't done stuff like this in the past, which I, I haven't always done this. It's really just been the last few years, but I have found it really fun to look back at throughout the year. At various points throughout the year, I looked at my goal list and would laugh at myself, you know, which ones I'm meeting and which ones I'm super failing at. And and sometimes they drop off, you know, making sushi rolls, for example, was something I could have done. I was home for the last nine months. I just decided that it wasn't that important and nobody else in my house wanted to learn with me. And so it kind of dropped off the list. So that one will not make a repeat for this year. Um, I think instead this year, my, uh, my stretch cooking goal is going to be to learn how to make macarons, those little French cookies. Oh, I love them. And I know they're really difficult, but I really want to try to learn. Anyway, um, I hope that you have a wonderful new year or at least a calm and peaceful new year. Let's try to embrace the change that's coming and be at least neutral in our thinking about it, if not positive. Try to stay away from negative thinking as best we can. So with that, I will wrap up. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.